It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're talking Steelers and Pirates here on the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're going to go break down how the Steelers should distribute their targets to their receivers, tight ends, and running backs with Kenny Pickett having a full year starter, as well as big topics for the Pirates' second half of the season all here. For the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Star Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and we are here with Adam Bittner from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find all of our content at post-gazette.com. Remember, you can find this show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of, this, all of these shows as well as the daily content we release here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette with all the shows that we do and all the articles that we write on the website. And today's episode is sponsored by Palo Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. You can schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Just give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Adam, we're talking with you here, talking to some Steelers for a little bit. I wanted to get to you about breaking down some numbers here as far as what we should expect as far as Steelers targets to their players throughout the year. Last year, we'll go into the numbers as far as who received the most and how it was distributed and broken down. But last year was also a bit different. You had a rookie version of Kenny Pickett. You had Mitch Trubisky getting some starts in the the mix there. And that can break down into a few different things. But there's going to be higher expectations for Pickett. There's going to be, I think, more trust between him and and some of his receivers. And I think it begs the question, how do they break down who gets what targets? Because we're all talking, and we've talked all summer about, you know, Deontay Johnson having a better rapport with Kenny Pickett, Pat Fryermuth getting getting more chances, George Pickens getting more chances, Calvin Austin being in the midst. What's well, Allen Robinson get? But who's actually going to get the targets here, and who's going who's going to lead the way? That's I think is a big breakdown as far as the focus of this offense. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think what I would like to see is a little bit more diversity, um, and, and then I think sometimes when you when you can spread the ball around a little bit more, you have the ability to make those. Maybe maybe Deontay Johnson sees less targets, but he gets better quality of targets. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's a key differentiation to make. It's just because a receiver is getting a ton of targets doesn't always mean that they're they're great targets. 
um, you know, unless they make them great targets. So sure. I think the presence of Calvin Austin, the presence of Allen Robinson, I don't think those guys are going to put up massive target numbers. But if they, you know, eat into the what the, you know, third, fourth, fifth receivers were doing a year ago and they, you know, make it easier for George Pickens and Deontay Johnson to get the ball in quality situations, I, I think that's the important thing um, for them is, is, is having, you know, defenses not be able to put all of their attention on those guys. I, I agree. It's it's try, trying to find the balance in the offense is so important in your success. And let's also, let's also make this clear. We're not saying this is going to be a passing offense. because this, this offense is going to be running the ball a lot. That's going to be huge for the production that they're trying to put together because this offense is young. You know, they've established a little bit of an identity of being able to run the ball at the end of last season. Kenny Pickett started to figure a few things out. But for them to have success, defenses are going to have to be keying in on multiple things here so that they have they, that you can Kenny Pickett can have the chance to pick at some things. So let's let's look at the breakdown as far as targets and how they worked last year. Last year, it was Deontay Johnson by a mile as the leading target getter in this offense. He had 147. No one else had 100. Uh, Pat Fryermuth. Caught, he had, had 98 targets. Then it was George Pickens with 84. Then Najee Harris with 53. And then Chase Claypool with 50. So you really had just four guys last year really getting some of the targets in this offense. Really three when you look at just the primary receivers here. And, you know, I think it works for Deontay Johnson with his ability to get open. And that makes sense. But I do think part of what you're what you're saying, part of what I'm saying here, is that you want a better share of these targets with Pat Frymuth and especially George Pickens as your second and third top re- receiving options on the field here. Yes, and I, you know, I, I also think that if things are working the way the Steelers want them to, there's going to be less targets to go around as well because you're going to be having more positive game scripts. You're going to be handing off more. Um, you know, fantasy football players know what I'm talking about, where mm-hmm. you know sometimes your your team is behind and, and your receiver just gets the ball a ton because you know they're they're trying to catch up. And and I think we've seen that with the Steelers in some circumstances. But if they're going to win 11, 12, 13 games the way some people hope, that's going to involve probably fewer targets overall. So I think there's also a point to be made about the share, and I think that's what you're talking about, Chris. Is mm-hmm. You know, we, we want to see George Pickens bump it up, Pat Fryermuth bump it up, and make it a little bit more even with Deontay Johnson where it's not like a 50% difference like we saw last season or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's there's a lot of factors, right? It's what are the game scripts and then what what is the share? And and, and I think – and I also look at Calvin Austin and, and – or excuse me, Allen Robinson as guys that you want to get – I think around that 50 mark each, um, you know, and, and that's, that's going to make a big change in those numbers too. So um, yeah, I, I think you put all those factors together and, and there's a lot of potential there. I do think there's a lot of potential there and something also to look back. If you look back at Ben Roethlisberger's last like three seasons with the Steelers, where he was starting for the full, for the full year, and that's 2021, 2020 and 2018, when you look at the at those years, the Steelers had multiple guys with 100 targets in each of those seasons. In 2021, it was Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. In 2020, it was Johnson, Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster. In 2018, it was Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. But they, they were also in a much different situation because Brown had 168, Juju had 166, and then there was just a massive drop-off to Vance McDonald was next with 72. And I still don't think 
that's not the way to go. I think the closer model that that if if they're going to be throwing the ball a, a bit a bit this year, it's gonna it's gonna be something uh, more like what we what we saw in in 2020. Granted, also I think it's going to be like you said a lower volume of total passes because like you said, if they're framing the games they want to, they're playing more they're, they're playing defense a little bit better. They're running the ball a lot better, so they're not needing to throw the ball as much. But having three guys who get the, the targets more, like in 2020. Deontay Johnson had 144, Juju Smith-Schuster had 128, and Claypool had 109. Then even after that, Eric Ebron had 91. I don't think they're going to get that many targets to go around the top four guys, but I do think that you want a better distribution as far as who get as far as making sure that no one person, unless they're going off, like if they're have if like if George Pickens turns into Antonio Brown this year, great, awesome, keep throwing him the ball because he can't be stopped. But in a situation where I think Kenny Pickett, part of Kenny Pickett, what I think his strength has always been at him is see, it's seeing the field, trying to distribute the football and making smart decisions at the helm. If he's doing that, I think you're going to see an, an even keel distribution here, not like exactly even, but a lot closer as far as the percentages of who gets what targets. Yeah, and George Pickens is the one I'm looking at to really bump up his share. You know, I think a 98 for for Pat Fryermuth is probably around right. You know, I I think that that can work. I think there were times last season where I felt like he was maybe getting the ball forced to him um, because sometimes he felt like he was the only guy getting open in this offense. So I think ideally you'd like him to be at that number, kind of getting back to that quantity over or quality over quantity conversation we were having at the beginning. I think you can get quality out of Pat Fryermuth at 98, 100, maybe 105, something like that. George Pickens is the one I think you want to see the ball a little bit more. And I think he will just kind of naturally, right? You mentioned Chase Claypool there. A lot of, you know, a lot of those targets may just end up going to George Pickens naturally over a full season with Chase Claypool not in the mix. Um, you know, just that, that style of throw is going to be more for George Pickens at the beginning of this season than it was when Chase Claypool was on the roster. So, um, I, I think Pickens is the guy I'm looking at to kind of boost a little bit there. And like I, I mentioned earlier, Calvin Austin and Allen Robinson are two guys that, you know, you're, we don't want to let the expectations get out of control here, but you want them to contribute a little bit because I think if, if they get a decent decent chunk, that's when even if the numbers don't change that much for the top three guys, the quality of those targets gets a little bit better. I agree. We'll talk about some of those guys that we you know not past the top three three options there uh, with Johnson, Pickens, and Fryermuth because Najee Harris works into this. Austin Robinson, those guys work work into this. We'll talk about how they play into into this factor in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I'm Chris Carter. He's Adam Bittner. But first, gotta talk to you guys about Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Remember, there's no better place to get windows and doors installed in your home than Pella. So be sure to go to them right now so you can save money on on your energy costs year-round. And again, if you want to schedule an in-home consultation with with Pella's windows and doors, just call 866-593-1560, and you'll get to talk about your project with them and have them come right to your home Look at your pro- look at what you need, and then g- give you the best determination for what's going to fit your budget. So check out again, Pella Woods and Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh, eight six six five nine three fifteen sixty. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, and comedy and theater events near you. You get killer deals on last minute tickets, and you have their best price guarantee that just can't be beat. So stop dressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have with the GameTime app. Now download the GameTime app to your phone right now. Now, and you'll see it allows you to book tickets even for events that are going on today. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, 
and everything in your area. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. Their, their guarantee means that if you're if you're going to an event and you got a ticket through game time and you find somewhere else had the same section, same row for less, tell game time and they will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, gametime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from Chris Carter. He's Adam Bittner. Let's keep the Steelers topics rolling before we switch to the Pirates. And Adam, let's talk about some of the, the guys that are a little bit down on the roster. Now, we mentioned earlier how Najee Harris had 53 targets uh this this past season and i think there's also you know for those uh, for those who out there are getting ready for fantasy football season this is also a big topic because they're trying to figure out who who they who's the sleepers they should be picking up and Najee harris is always at least a big name running back who gets considered but he hasn't been a productive fantasy running back when it comes to getting points for fantasy owners though well that's not something that he cares about i think that's something that everyone's looking at as far as numbers wise i do wonder if this year maybe he gets less targets in the passing game or if it or if it stays the same as they try to preserve him so that he because he's if he's going to be running the football if they're going to be running more successfully I feel like as he gets more yards in on the ground there they're going to try to maybe spare him a little bit and balance him more with Jalen Warren who I do think also earned some trust last year when it came to the running back position yeah I think Jalen Warren absolutely did in in terms of running the football and and maybe that's where you pair back some of Najee Harris's touches so that you can maybe involve him more in the passing game because I think he's better in that realm than Jalen Warren would be um you know so I I think that's probably what you'd want to see is a little bit more I don't want to say equal distribution but um where you have Jalen Warren getting a few more carries and then that maybe allows you to get Najee Harris more touches in the passing game um and getting back to what we were mentioning earlier more quality touches and not just dump offs you know when a play breaks down stuff like that so maybe more design stuff for Najee Harris. I, I guess that's how I'd look at it. And that's something that he did at Alabama. I mean, he, he made some catches at different parts of the field. He could run deeper down the field. He could make plays with it, with his hands. And heck, I mean, one of the biggest plays of the season was the catch he made over, uh, uh, over the Ravens uh, in, in, in a, in a big, in a big game there. I mean, it was, it was down, it was clutch time. Kenny Pickett was, uh, was, was in trouble, was in trouble. And uh, he found Najee Harris kind of on a, on a whim there and was able to get uh, a big pass. And it was against Roquan Smith, you know, their top linebacker, who's very good at in, in coverage uh, for the, for the Ravens. Um, so I think that that was, that's something that, that definitely plays in there is using him more, but also another player who I think could get used a bit more, who had some experience last year was Connor Hayward. And you saw that there a little bit of chemistry developing between him and Kenny Pickett last year, which is funny because uh, yeah, the Pitt and uh, Michigan State played each other in the Peach Bowl that year. Kenny Pickett didn't play, but Connor Hayward made some great catches in that, in, in that game, uh, you know, in, in both of their senior seasons. But you look at some of the catches he made down the stretch as well. Uh, he had the revert. He had the jet sweep reverse that kind of clinched the game against the Raiders. Had a really huge catch against the Browns down the middle part of the field. And I just wonder, Adam, as much as people get excited for different players and how they fit and everything, who do you think is the most important non-primary guy here that we're talking about? So let's let's throw out 
Najee Harris, Pickens, Johnson, Fryermuth, those, those guys are are, are 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 already in the top. But between Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin, maybe a Darnell Washington, a Connor Hayward, Jalen Warren, who do you think needs to be the, the the standout guy that could give this offense a piece that most defenses will be that that might be the piece that confuses defenses the most as they try to balance everything else the Steelers want to do this year. Yeah, Connor Hayward's difficult for me because I think he was the ultimate example of quality over quantity last yep. season. They just kind of they found the perfect spots to throw haymakers with him when the defenses weren't expecting them. And so I think he can do a lot with one to two, maybe three targets a game, not being a huge part just because you know they're going to have to be aware, more aware of him when he's on the field, and and I think that just changes the complexion of your offense. So I, I I don't know that I want to see Connor Hayward get more. I think he was perfect in the role he was in. Maybe I want to find more opportunities where where you can throw those haymakers and try to get those big plays down the field. But I, I think he's reflecting. He reflects well what we're talking about here. Calvin Austin's obviously the guy I think everyone's mm. looking at as. What's the upside here? And if he can be a solid number three, what does that mean within this offense? Um, you know, I, I threw out the number 50 earlier, but Chris, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think his upside is in, in terms of how involved he could be in this offense, not only this season, but I think, you know, look at this as his rookie year. Where can he be, you know, in 2024? I think that you could see Calvin Austin getting 40, 50 targets this year. And, and and some of those just being more so like, hey, line up here, go, go beat these guys down the field, give Kenny Pickett an easy bomb target for for a big play. And some of these might be, you know, not the greatest targets, but I think for him, you know, you're looking at a situation where he's going to get lined up with the the slot corner, the third corner, the third safety that's on the field, the, the, the guy that the defense isn't so sure about in their lining up. They're going to send, like if you're playing the Ravens, they're going to send Marlon Humphrey to go cover Deontay Johnson. They're going to send whoever's their number two. I don't think that they have uh, um, Marcus Peters right now officially, but like whoever's their number two, they're going to send that over to George Pickens, or they might flop those guys. But those third and fourth string cornerbacks that we talk about on the Steelers defense right now, who's going to play third and fourth string. Uh, think about it that way. Like if you're thinking around, you know, like a Joey Porter jr. Or, you know, not Levi Watts. I think he's, he is an, uh, the number two guy right now until Joey Porter jr. Beats him. But you know, like last year with, with uh, Arthur Mollette fitting into there, think about teams that would have to put that guy on the field to cover an extra guy. And that being the person that the Steelers are trying to match up with, for uh for Calvin Austin. I do think that he'll be a big big play factor there. And I, I also wonder, we're talking, you know, we we often talk about yards per reception and trying to maximize that. Like Connor Hayward had the second highest yards per reception with the Steelers last year because he only had 12 catches for 151 yards, but that was 12.6 yards per reception. I think that's gonna go up for a lot of players. George Pickens was had the most with 15.4. Uh, Pat Frymouth was after Hayward with 11.6, but then it was Gunnar Olszewski with 10.6. I think Calvin Austin is a guy who, because he has a home run hitter, he's going to ha- he's going to be one of those guys that ups that 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 yards per reception average uh, for him. I think that happens also for George Pickens, and then it makes me wonder if those guys are getting maybe some of those deeper targets from Kenny Pickett. Who get who's kind of the the guys that become those check guys, and I think that's where Allen Robinson falls in here is that. 
when they need a security blanket, when it's like third and five and you need that six, seven yards to convert there. And again, you're talking about Johnson and Pickens and Fryermuth getting the attention. That's where Allen Robinson can sneak in and say, hey, I know how to run a good short route. I know how to get get the important yards. That's where Kenny Pickett finds him in that equation there. And I think that's where they find the balance. Take your shots with your speedster and your speedster in Austin, your playmaker in Pickens, use your ultimate route runner in Johnson, and then find these other guys who could be utility options here where Allen Robinson will be a sharp route runner. Connor Hayward could be a, a matchup problem because he's another guy. If they're covering, if they're sending, you know, all these other guys to cover everyone else, they, they probably have a, 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 a number two linebacker covering Connor Hayward. And I think that's the matchup that Kenny Pickett found a few times last year, late in the season when he was finding Connor Hayward. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned those tough plays too. I think that's a dimension this offense has missed without Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, Juju could do other things, especially early in his career. But late in his career, he made those unsexy catches, right? That that mm-hmm. didn't really reflect well on the stat sheet, but maybe moved the chains. And so, I, I think if you can find that with Allen Robinson, um, you know, again, getting back to what we're talking about, it doesn't have to be a ton of targets. But if he makes the play situationally that you need him to make, sticks his nose in there place tough. Um, you know, I, I think that could be a big difference for this offense because I don't know that they really found that guy last year. And, and if they did, maybe it was Pat Fryermuth and you were forcing it to him in those situations because you didn't have as many options for that as you would have liked. So yeah, I, I think that's, I think you're right on with, with the Allen Robinson take because um, they need that guy and they don't need him to be Juju Smith-Schuster, the total player, but they need him to make some of those plays that Juju used to make. I agree. They, they they need certain guys for certain roles here, and they also need Kenny Pickett to get the ball there in better situations. We'll talk more about that as we get closer to training camp. He's Adam Bittner from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks so much, Adam, for joining us and talking to some Steelers. We're going to be back in a minute here, so stick with us. we got Jason Mackey coming up talking Pirates as they get ready to start their second half of the season after the All-Star break. Stick with us right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We switched topic to the Buckos, who are going to be back after the All-Star break. We got Jason Mackey, who's been on the scene the entire year. Jason, it's great to have you back on the show here. I uh, hope everything went, went well with your trips back from Seattle. But now the Pirates are getting ready for the second half of the season. We won't necessarily talk as much about the matchups. We want to talk about some of the top storylines. And you wrote about one of the bigger storylines, and that's a potential resurgence of Ronzi Contreras. Remember, you can find all of his content at post-gazette.com. Uh, for to read Jason Mackey, but Jason, break down to us what has Contreras gotten wrong in the first half of the season, and what's the hope that he can fix some of those issues? Yeah, and I'll start with the most recent thing. Last night, they announced that he had his option transferred to the Florida Complex League, which is somewhat procedural but also intentional. Um, that's basically mm. rookie ball, and they're going to take him down there to strip away competition, allow him to work on things. What he's gotten wrong, Chris, I, I mean, frankly. 
is a few things are a few things. Um, fastball command has not been good enough. Um, he hasn't had enough confidence in some of his other pitches. He's been a lot of fastball slider needs to use the curveball and change up more inside of that. Uh, some of his mechanical issues, they want him to speed up his delivery. I think it's taking away from some of his velocity. I've had it brought to my attention a lot on Twitter about, you know, oh, his velocity was 97, 98, and now it's 93, 94. I don't think there's anything wrong with Rowanzi's arm. I think mm-hmm. it's all between his ears. I think Rowanzi's head is pretty messed up right now, and that's why they're taking him, putting him in rookie ball, saying like, dude, don't care about the results. We're not going to challenge you with that. We want you to work on some stuff. So I do think he gets back, Chris. I think he gets back and he's a productive pitcher. And I actually really like this step for them and what they're doing with him in rookie ball. We've talked about how the Pirates' future with the, with the drafting of Skeens and you have uh, you have Priester coming up, you have Keller who's, all, who, who's already there. Is Contreras part of that potential future picture that Pirates fans could see in a rotation where maybe the Pirates have a really good rotation in Major League Baseball in the near future? Yes, I think he is, and I think he needs to be. And that's actually something I talked to Mitch Keller about in Seattle. Um, And and my line of questioning was basically, do you see a little bit of yourself in Rwanzi? And he said, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's sort of the dented confidence or whatever that we're talking about. But as far as a future rotation, Chris, absolutely. It needs to be Rwanzi. The, St- the Steelers, the Pirates need him there. They I do need- that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Skeens, Keller, Rowanzi, Priester. You could throw in Salamedo, Jared mm. Jones. I mean, if the Pirates are going to get anywhere, it's going to be internal, right? And Rowanzi is a guy that, when he's good, has been a bona fide ace, a one, a two. That's what we expected out of him this season. And I, I don't think he suddenly turned into a terrible pitcher. Now, if I look at somebody like Luis Ortiz, who they've been lumped into the same conversation, him and Rowanzi, Luis might make a better reliever. He really mm. is a two-pitch guy. He's a two-pitch guy with elite velocity. But with Rowanzi, he's not. I've seen that curveball look really good. I've seen that changeup look really good. In a four-pitch guy with his control, what he's done in the past, yes, he should be able to anchor a rotation. I mean, yes, obviously he's nowhere close to that right now, but I would caution people, and I tweeted something to this effect yesterday. Everybody wanted to close the door and DFA Mitch Keller and send him to Siberia or God knows what. Like Sometimes it just takes some time. Sometimes you just need to have a little patience. And with Rowanzi right now, that's the way I see it. Give us a timeline for what you expect from Rowanzi as far as you sending him down to work with rookies and then getting him back to the majors and maybe when you, you Pirates fans could expect to see him make some more quality starts. He has four quality starts on the season with 11 starts, uh, 659 uh, ERA. What's a timetable that you think is reasonable for people to expect? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect anything, Chris. I really wouldn't. I mean, yes, okay. I want him to be back up here and, and pitch in major league games and hopefully start major league games this season. But – if this takes three weeks, cool. If it takes six weeks, cool. Like, it's just, you need to get it right in the long run. So what can people expect? I mean, not immediate. I would say that. Like, I'm not looking for Rwanzi to come up before the end of the month and impact things. Um, in August would be great. And if it takes until September, I'm okay with that too, as long as they get it right. So, I mean, I know that's probably a terrible answer to the question or, or terrible insight into readers no, and no. fans, but like, I don't think they know. It's just don't put a timetable on this thing. Just get it right. I, I'm, hey, listen, I'm all about realism. I'm not trying to get you just to, to sell pie in the sky. I ain't trying to, trying to make you get something crazy here. I'm looking at 
what can Pirates fans actually expect? And if the, the real reality is it's not about a timetable, it's about him checking these the certain boxes to get back. That's that's the ultimate thing that we're looking at here. I wanted to talk about something else that you wrote in your article, and you talked to uh, Derek Shelton about this. And one thing that Derek Shelton did say is that you, he expects the youth movement to continue. And you wrote about that, meaning Andy Rodriguez, Quinn Priester, two names we've heard a lot. When the Pirates started to struggle, a lot of people started to say, bring the kids up, bring the kids up. When do you think we start seeing some of these kids getting more of these opportunities for the Pirates? Very soon. Um, I would not be surprised if Priester started next week. As of now, he's going wow. to go tonight. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do with their rotation. I mean, one time through, they're, they're using Osvaldo Beto this weekend. Mitch Keller will start Monday or Tuesday. The other day there is probably going to be a bullpen game. I don't think they want to continue through their rotation with a bullpen game every fifth day. I question whether Osvaldo Vito is going to maintain a spot in the rotation. He has not looked good the past couple times out. He has not been efficient. He's stressed the bullpen. So, yeah, I mean, Priester has pitched extremely well. And if his next, like, you know, like I'm saying, he's going to start tonight for Indianapolis. If his next start after that, is in Pittsburgh, it would not shock me at all. I think that wow. makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I don't think Andy's too far behind either. They, they need to make a decision. Now, if there is a possibility they can trade Austin Hedges, and, I mean, I, I guess there's a possibility, however slim, then they probably need to keep playing him before July 31st. And so mm-hmm. that, that's the sort of balance with Andy, that you're trying to find him reps. There, there aren't available reps at first base. That's where Andy's played the most when he hasn't been catching. So – Maybe you wait on that. I don't love it, um, but I, you know, before too long, I think Andy's going to be up here. I, I talked about this a little bit with Adam Bittner on Wednesday, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this and with the trade deadline. About three weeks yeah. out, looking at looking at it as far as the timetable here, the Pirates have fallen down to fourth place. You know, it's a stretch to think that they're going to be able to make a push back to get into into the playoff picture here. But I, I want to talk to you about the potential of. Could they could they make moves as sellers to to give away some players? But you and I have talked about the importance of some of the veterans on this roster. And one thing that Adam and I question, we I'd like to defer to you as the as the Pirates expert here. But could they get a, even a return? Like you you wrote, they're not trading Andrew McCutcheon. Bob Nutting said that's, that, that that's straight up. But you know, could they even get a return for a guy like a Rich Hill or a Carlos Santana that would be worth giving up the veteran who you brought in to be the guide for some of these younger players in this ball club? I just don't think being sellers of those guys right now would make a whole lot of sense for this season. It might not. It, it absolutely might not. And I, I think you're looking for a very specific trade with those guys. And I think it will be tough. I mean, Hill, if he continues the way he's pitched over his past eight, nine starts, you're probably not going to get anything for that. It just, mm-hmm. it hasn't been good. But if he goes and makes two, three good starts before the end of July, or, you know, I, I don't know how many he'll get in before the deadline. He starts tonight. Yeah, probably two or three. Um, you can get something for that. I do believe that. I think he has enough of a reputation around the game, whether it's the right move or not for an opposing team. I do think you can get something for that. And sort of the same thing for Santana. Being out in Seattle, I was talking to a couple people about his place with the Mariners and how much they liked him. They're looking for first base DH options. Like they've got prospects. To me, that's a that's a deal that might make a lot of sense. Where they say we're bringing back Santana helps them make a playoff push in the second half. The Pirates can benefit. So yeah, I I do think there are options, but I think the Pirates need to be careful. Where I mean, you made a good point there. Where these guys do have benefit to the Pirates from here until the end of the season, but 
I, I don't know, man. I guess where I come down on it, at least with Santana, maybe with Hill too. With Santana, you can fill that spot with Choi or with Andy Rodriguez or with Jared Triolo or whatever. Those reps can be used other places. I think the world of Carlos Santana. But at this point in a major leaguer's career, you don't need your hand held. We don't need Carlos Santana there to have a set of pom-poms and be cheering people off. <laughs> you know, these you. adults, they should be able to handle their business. There's been enough there. I would want to make a make a move that gets me some return. Now, if there's no return, then that's a different conversation. Uh, I think that that is a different conversation. He's Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Find all his content at post-gazette.com. The Pirates are back home for a couple of home stands here. They've got a series with the Giants this weekend with a 7.05 first pitch time. Rich Hill on the, on the mound to start. you got Oviedo and Beto after that. And then they take on the Cleveland Guardians after that here at PNC Park before they get back on the road, back to the West Coast. Seems like they can't avoid it lately uh, as far as the schedule-wise. Again, Jason, thanks for joining us. Thanks to Adam Bittner for holding it down on the Steelers. And thank you all for tuning in to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Remember, this show is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on all your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. But we have daily content coming out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on all things Pittsburgh sports there. Check that out there as well as all of our written content at post-gazette.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back Monday with more things here on Pittsburgh sports on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.